Oasis Church Chicago, Pastor J.P. Troyo here. So glad that you're joining us today on our podcast. You're about to hear a message today from our weekend encounter. Uh, I pray that this message uh, encourages you, inspires you, and pushes you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to stay on track with what's going on at the church, we'd love for you to download our app, Oasis Church Chicago, or visit us on our website, www.oasischurchchicago.com. I'm praying for you, we're believing for you, and we trust that God's gonna continue to do great things in your life. God bless you. Now here's the message today. Hey, good morning, church. How good is it to be in God's house this morning? And I'm not just talking about the building, I'm talking about the presence of God in this place. I don't know about you, there's no place I'd rather be on a Sunday morning in this Advent season. Um, Hey, welcome, my name is Pastor Andrew. Uh, It is an honor to be sharing with you guys today as we wrap up this series around the season of Advent. Um, Before this series started, how many of you had heard of Advent? By show of hands, pretty decent. How many of you would say you regularly practiced like the season of Advent and what it means to to Christians or to believers? A lot fewer. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought. I'm in the same boat. This uh, This is a tradition that the church has been celebrating for hundreds, if not thousands of years since Jesus walked the earth. Um, However, as I've gone through this season, at least this year and with this series, I've been so tremendously blessed by what God is teaching to me, what he's been revealing to me. And I hope the same is true for each and every one of you. If you've missed some of the series or not been able to do it, I would strongly recommend that over this next week, you know, as you're with time with your family, as you're spending time in the word on your own, that uh, you go back and listen It's just an amazing reflection for why we do this, for why we celebrate Christmas. The season of Advent reminds us of that. And it reminds us of the anticipation that we now have as believers, knowing who Jesus is, knowing about his arrival on Christmas, and also celebrating the future, the second coming of Jesus Christ, which is what we believe here at Oasis Church, that he is coming again to save the world, to restore the world, to bring a new heaven and a new earth to completely remove sin forever. And that we, as a promise from God, can experience life and life abundantly for eternity, free from sickness, free from pain. And yet as we remain, we reflect each and every year, again, of who Jesus is and of who and what he has done for us. Today, as we wrap up this series, I'm talking about peace. Exalt, peace. I think it's fitting when we use the term exalt and peace, because Jesus is peace. We live in a world today, I fear, where a lot of us are in search of peace, and we search for it in the what. The world offers us things like peace in packages, and things that we can tangibly hold, and things that we can consume, and experiences that we can be a part of. And the reality, the key focus of what I wanna talk about today is that all those things are great, I'm not saying they're inherently bad. There's a lot of really great things and there's a lot of good benefits from things in this world and experiences that we can receive in our lives. But really the only one we need is a person and that person is Jesus. Jesus is really the only peace because all the things are gonna fade away. All the things are gonna leave you empty the next day when they expire or when they run out, but Jesus won't. And so my prayer for us this morning as a church, is that we reflect on that simple truth, simple yet profound truth, that Jesus is our only peace this season. If you would, open your Bibles to John 14, 27. 
This is gonna be our key verse for this morning as I unpack what I believe God has for us in his word as we go forward into celebrating Christmas and the arrival of Jesus this week. But in John 14, 27, it says this. These are the words of Jesus. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give you as the world gives. So do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. God, this is your word. This is your truth for us this morning in this season. So I pray, Lord, that we would take this word to heart, that the words of your son Jesus, our savior God, would come alive in each and every person in this room. Lord, for those of us who have been struggling, for those of us who have been in search of peace and in search of life, I pray we would recognize God and that it would sit deep in our hearts this morning that you are our peace, that you alone can save, that you alone can fill the void that nothing else in this world can fill. And I pray that as we celebrate Christmas this year, the arrival of Jesus Christ to earth, that that would be our hope, that we would rest in your peace, in your goodness. I pray in Jesus' name, amen, amen. People everywhere are in search of peace. This is not something new to the world. It's been happening even before Jesus. And we search for it in all kinds of ways and we see it manifest because of what happens in society. See, the reality of the world is it's a very broken place. So from that comes trials, comes persecution, comes attacks, comes hatred, comes brokenness. And I think if most of us, as the world would define it, start to talk about peace, we're talking about something or some situation or some move that is gonna treat those things I just described. It's gonna treat pain. Some action or some sacrifice that has to take place to overcome the things that cause us to desire peace in the first place. I'll give you some examples. We hear this in the news, we hear this from politicians, we hear this from world leaders, we hear this even from the church and from nonprofit organizations and people who are really trying to push for peace in the world. Things like equality for all, defeating world hunger, improving social justice, spreading the wealth, controlling guns, signing treaties, even things like looking within, right? Like hippies. Look, at, look within, find yourself, find your peace, your inner peace. Meditation, the peace pipe. I don't know, people look for peace in all sorts of places, right? I'll get into like the substances too, but you, know, you guys know what I'm talking about. That's a part of it as well, right? My point is, there's all these things that the world packages up and tells us will give us peace. The world presents it in a way that sounds really great. On a really big scale, there could be a massive conflict going on in a nation. And the political leaders come before their people. Like I said, this has been happening thousands of years. They come before their people and they say, we have to go to war. I don't know about you guys, that doesn't sound like peace to me. The fact that to try to overcome the attacks, to try to overcome the hatred and the discord that surrounds us in our world, people have to die. And when I hear that, and when we see that, and we've seen this repeat itself for hundreds and thousands of years, we all know that even when the battle is won, that even when a nation is victorious and they say there is now peace among our people, we look at the history books 
10, 15, 20, 50 years later, most places are no better off than they were before. At the end of the day, when the world tries to offer us peace, I think we all know it doesn't really exist. And at the end of the day, you're gonna to continue to be left empty like you were before. You're gonna keep restarting. And as I thought about this and as I asked God, like, surely this has to be for good. Like, surely we as humans, as society, should continue to seek after these things. And I don't think that these things are inherently wrong because we live in a broken world and the scripture addresses the need for politicians, for world leaders to operate. There is an earthly realm in which we are a part of society. But I think we have to separate out what we really talk about as peace this season. And here's why. The world offers peace that can only treat the symptoms of sin, but not the sin itself. The world can only treat the symptoms of sin, but not the sin itself. That's where the world's missing. And that's where, when I said it in my open, that Jesus is our peace. Only he can truly treat the sin that is in each and every one of us that causes all of these other things to happen in the world. And until we let him come in and change our hearts, and I pray the hearts of thousands and millions and billions across the world, we will never truly understand and experience peace. This is why we celebrate. This is what we celebrate this season. This is what we celebrate when we know and we speak about who Jesus is to us, our Prince of Peace. The Old Testament warns us of this, right? This isn't something that I'm just, I'm just saying today, and I want to give you some examples of how long humans have been struggling with this search for peace. And prior to the arrival of Jesus Christ, when prophecies had been made about Jesus coming, prophets started to stand up in their own selfishness and their own desires, and I fall into this because I find myself at times pursuing the world's peace more than the peace of God. And this is addressed. This is God speaking in Jeremiah 6, 13 through 14. Should be on the screen. He says this about these prophets. Because they lead my people astray, saying, peace, or peace, when there is no peace. And because when a flimsy wall is built and they cover it with whitewash, therefore tell those who cover it with whitewash that it's going to fall. Because here's the reality. Rain will come in torrents and I will send hailstones hurtling down and violent winds will burst forth. And when the wall collapses, will people not ask you, where is the whitewash you covered it with? Sorry, that's in Ezekiel 13. I combine these two. Where is the whitewash that you covered it with? Are not all these things that we seek from the world for peace just simply whitewash that's covering over the root of sin in our hearts? In Jeremiah 6, 13 through 14, it says, from the least to the greatest, all are greedy for gain. Prophets and priests alike all practice deceit. Listen to this. They dress the wound of my people as though it were not serious. And they say, peace, peace, when there is no peace. This is the reality of the world we live in. Many people in the world today 
are gonna try to tell you, hey, I have peace. Just do this. Take this. Come here. Come experience this thing, this place. Meditate on it. You can improve yourself in these five ways and you'll have peace. And I'm here to tell you today, and the scripture tells us so clearly, it's just whitewash. It's just a flimsy facade that when the pain of the world really hits and when it makes it past the facade of our being and, and eats into our soul and into our spirit, which at the end of the day is really where we feel, it's when you're alone and everything else is removed. My question for us is, do you feel peace then? And are those things going to stay with you then when you need peace the most? I don't think they will. I think if we're all honest today, maybe you're going through something currently. I know because I've tried it. I've tried to meet and answer the trials and the hardships and the sin in this world with things, with money, with status, with friends, with family. And if I'm brutally honest, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. There's only one who can give us true peace, and his name is Jesus. So my first point today is simply that. Jesus is our peace. And it is from him that everything else that we experience, every good thing that God desires for us must come. It has to start with Jesus. His people knew this. It was prophesied for hundreds of years before his coming to earth. This is why we celebrate Advent. This is why I love this season so much is because even prior to Jesus' arrival, his people knew that they needed a savior. They knew that the laws that they were given, they knew that the warring nations around them, they knew that all of the conflict from the Roman Empire coming in and conquering their lands and all of it wasn't going to give them the peace they desired. But God had told them and his promise was true that a Messiah would come, that the Prince of Peace would come. And they eagerly anticipated his arrival because they knew they needed a person. They knew they needed Jesus to save them. And this is why we celebrate. Ephesians 2.14 says this, he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the facade, the whitewash that I talked about. He destroyed it. He broke it down the dividing wall of hostility gone forever. He himself is our peace. We needed the savior, Jesus Christ, to come in and to fill the void that only he can fill, amen? I love it in scripture, like I said, how we know how much God's people desired for Jesus to come. Isaiah the prophet calls Jesus himself the prince of peace. It's where we get that phrase. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, shortly before Jesus was born, also prophesied in regards to the Jewish people who had eagerly awaited the arrival 
of the Messiah. He said Jesus was bringing peace. And even Mary, the mother of Jesus, at first when she found out that she was to give birth to the Messiah, the Son of God, there was this unknown. There was this kind of this anxiety. And an angel came and visited both Mary and Joseph and the shepherds and spoke peace. And there was peace on earth when Jesus was born. He dynamically changed the earth from that day forward. And it is his peace alone that gives us hope and that gives us life and life abundantly. So if we recognize that Jesus is peace, then there's a response. Jesus has come. That is something to celebrate today. That Jesus is here. He is among us. We experience his goodness. We experience his love and his peace here in this place. And yet, we remain on this earth. And we remain as people who in our nature are sinful. And we struggle with sin. And for every good moment like this, where we are able to celebrate the presence of God and be in his peace as his family, as a body of believers, the enemy is on the prowl. And the enemy is going to try to attack. And the enemy is going to try to tell you and draw you away from what Jesus has promised. And so we have a very important response when it comes to Jesus offering himself as our peace. And it's this, and it's my second point. His peace is received, not earned. You got to hear this. <laughs> Because this is where I think we all go wrong often. If we're going to go wrong and if the enemy is going to try to tell you something, it's going to say you got to earn this peace now. Because the reality is, and I hope you see, is that this is such an amazing gift. This is such an amazing measure of sacrifice that God has given us. To send his son, to leave his throne in flesh and blood and come to the broken earth that I have been talking about today. To come to an earth that's riddled with war, that's riddled with hatred, and oppression, and anxiety, and sin, that he would leave his throne and come to earth and pay the whole price. Not with an instruction that we had to do more above that, but simply an instruction that we had to receive it. I'm gonna read this passage again, John 14, 25 through 27. Jesus says, all this I have spoken while still with you, addressing his disciples and his people while he was still on earth. The advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. My peace I give to you. It's a gift. It's not a payment for services rendered. It doesn't require us to do anything except to believe and to receive. This is one of the most beautiful things about Christmas. We get to receive. Look, I like to receive gifts like all the rest of us do. There's nothing wrong with that. That's why we celebrate that. You know that's why we give and receive gifts at Christmas time? 
we've been uh, teaching our kids this Advent season. They get like a gift per week leading up to Christmas. And then I don't know if this is like a good idea. Holly and I think it's a good idea, so I'm just going to say it. I wanna, I'm like starting this tradition this year where I give my kids a gift every week leading up to Christmas. And then on Christmas, they don't get a gift from us. And the reason why is because Jesus is the greatest gift. Like, I just want them to know that at the youngest age. You know what I mean? I love that we give gifts. Look, I love receiving gifts. Duh. But the reality is, is that I always want to know in my mind and my heart of what the greatest gift is. I never want to let myself fall into the trap or the temptation to get caught up in the world again. Because there's a lot of really good things in the world that when you wrap it up in, a, in paper and put a bow on top, seem amazing in the moment and it's so easy for myself to give into it for the moment but I don't want to I don't want to forget even for a moment of what the greatest gift is I know this time of year we celebrate it and it's really prevalent and we talk about it a ton in church but I pray and I hope that for the whole entire year and really for the rest of time we always remember every day who the greatest gift is because his name is Jesus alternatively if we if we try to earn the peace of Jesus in our own will, in our own desires, the scripture is very clear what the result of that is. It says this in Romans 6, 23, the wages of sin is death. When we confront the reality and when we're true to ourselves, when we're true to what God tells us about his word and about who Jesus is, it's very clear. The wages of sin is death, but... God strategically puts the word but in a lot of phrases in the Bible, and I love it because he always gives us hope and he always gives us an answer. If the wages of sin is death, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Come on. When I read that, I'm like, why am I continuing to strive for this? The peace of Jesus is here, and it's a gift. And all you have to do to take a gift is receive. God's been teaching me this a lot lately. All I have to do is receive, and I have to be okay with that. That's literally what Jesus wants from us. He wants us to just know and understand of how good he is, of how much he loves us, of how much he sacrificed for us, and to just receive it. That's my prayer for us today, is that we just receive the peace of Jesus this season, and that it doesn't leave us. That when the temptation comes to try to earn it or to try to get something else, we remember it's just whitewash. It's just wrapping on a present. Tear the wrapper away. We don't need all that. The gift of life is in Jesus, in him alone. Remember the world offers peace and describes peace and makes it look really nice. And if you receive what the world gives, it's gonna make you feel okay for a little bit. It's just the reality of it. I mean, they will, it will. It'll feel really good in the moment. But it's never gonna hit at the deepest part of your soul that needs peace, and that is our own sinfulness. It's our own problems, our own issues, our own anxieties, our own fears that we've taken on because of what's happened to us, our own opinions and bitterness 
those things can only be healed and peace can only be brought to those places, the deepest places in our spirits by Jesus. He gives it to us today and all we have to do is receive. And then this is our hope. My third point. His peace is everlasting. It's everlasting. We celebrate it every year, but we know that come January 1, it's not going away. It stays. His peace is everlasting. Isaiah 54.10 says this, Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed says the Lord who has compassion on you. I love God because he's a God of covenants. What a covenant is, is a promise. It's a contract between God and his people. See, God made a covenant to Abraham a long time ago. God's covenant was to Abraham was that Abraham would have so many offspring that he couldn't count them. And that through his offspring would come peace that through his offspring would come the Messiah to save the world. And you might ask this morning, well, this was God's covenant, you know, in the Old Testament for the Israelites. How does this apply to believers, to us today who are, well, I can't speak for all of us. I, I, I'm not, I was gonna say some, not all of us are Jews, but there could be people from Jews in the room. I don't know why I said that. Anyways, <laughs> you get my point, right? This is a cool thing about Christianity is that the Jews, God's people, were grafted together with the world, all of God's people, with Gentiles. And the covenant was fulfilled. Galatians 3.29 says this, if you are Christ's being found in Christ Jesus and saved as a believer, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. So God made this promise for us of peace and of life and of life abundantly, which is everlasting. Once again, the season of Advent celebrates the expectation and the arrival of Jesus Christ. So the promise was given, the covenant was established, and from then till now, God's people eagerly anticipate and await the Messiah. And we receive Jesus when he arrived on earth. That's why we celebrate Christmas. And yet we remain in this season of eager anticipation, waiting for his second coming to save the world once and for all, to restore the world to the creation that God desired for us, his people, from the very beginning. His peace is everlasting. And now, for eternity, we eagerly anticipate our future home. When I don't have to stand up here and preach anymore about how we can get through the day. Because when he comes again, it's done for good. And when he comes again and you believe in Jesus Christ as your savior, you'll be with him for eternity. That promise is true. Talk about a covenant that still exists. He will carry us home for eternity. The band's gonna come up and play. My prayer for us today is that we don't, just hear this once again and lose sight of who our peace really is. I'm telling you guys, in a world of media, 
and we'll just say social media, all media, in a world of so many voices telling us, you need this, you need that, go seek this, go find that. It's so easy, it's free. There's a lot of free stuff out there. That in this world we live in, we would honestly just stop pursuing those things. I know it's easier said than done. But I pray this morning that when we reflect on what peace really is, that peace is not just a covering over, that peace is a spirit that changes from the inside, that the peace is Jesus. My prayer for us this season as we approach even this next week and we celebrate Christmas and we spend time with family and friends is that we can just sit in the presence of Jesus and that his peace would just overwhelm our hearts and our minds and our spirits. So this morning as the band plays, I pray that we just reflect on that. I pray that you would just sense his presence his love, his goodness, his mercy, things that the world will never give you. And that you allow his peace to change you from the inside out. That you allow the peace of Jesus this morning into the deepest parts of your life. Maybe this morning you feel his peace and you're just in a position to praise, then thank Jesus this morning as you celebrate Christmas this year and the arrival of his life on earth as a baby. Just thank him that he would even come to save us. But maybe this morning you're in the room today and you're just going through it. And I don't know exactly what that means for you. Maybe it really is a sin that you've held on to for too long. And Jesus this morning is telling you that he loves you. That your sin is not too great for him to come in and forgive you and to redeem you and to replace that with his peace. I pray you would receive his peace and his love that you would receive it as a gift, not as something you have to earn. Don't hear that this morning. The enemy's gonna tell you you have to earn it and you gotta shape up first. That's not the truth. His peace is ready to receive. Or maybe you're in the room this morning and you've been affected by harm or hurt or a word from somebody else. And you just need hope. And you just need to hear the voice of Jesus this morning telling you that you're loved. I pray this morning that you would allow yourself to be wrapped in his arms. To know that the world will never love you. The world will never have a word for you that's as good as Jesus. He loves you today. He's here for you. He is our Prince of Peace. His promises are everlasting. 
So the band's gonna play and sing and I pray that all of us this morning can just reflect on that. That as we go into this week, we are just filled with his supernatural peace and his joy.